the hardest thing I've had to realize thus far is that there really is no one who'll come to save me. That's fine, I guess. But what then if I can't save myself? You know how if you ask someone to help you with something and they can't, you just leave them and go to someone else? I find it unfair to assume that I cannot be extended the same grace. Sometimes I'm not the one that can help myself. Sometimes my cup is empty and filling it on my own is even harder than experiencing the emptiness of energy and strength. So what else am I supposed to do except ask someone else? I won't say that I can't love myself. I think the greatest act of self-compassion and self-love is knowing when you need help and seeking it. How am I to ask others to help me find myself? I don't think I'm a burden per se. I just feel that I'd be asking for more from those around me than they can handle. I don't think I can expect anyone to come running to catch me as I fall and to nurture. I've expected it before and disappointment knows me in my pain just as well as loneliness. So what next? I'm tired of asking to be loved. And I'm tired of thinking that I should be a certain way to receive that love. I'm just tired. My cup is empty and there's not much I'm able to do. I'm trying. I just don't want to be strong anymore. Hello and welcome to the third episode of the Black Hole Condition podcast. My name is Lelo, your host and creator. What I read for you in the beginning of this episode is a journal entry of mine from recently. I've been feeling quite lonely and helpless. So on this episode, I want to ask the question, who are you without you? It sounds philosophical. It is. But it's also introspective. Who do you think represents or embodies you when you aren't there? This is in contrast to the common question, who are you when nobody's around? Who are you when you aren't around? I made a video about this concept and it essentially is about where you find your people, the people that you belong with or to. Those who you connect to so well, it's almost as though you could do a garnet, you know, from Steven Universe. That was really beautiful. Anyway, This episode is about the human need for connection and belonging, how that essentially is our key to survival as black women, as black people. No one can save us except each other. So first, I'll start by asking, why are we so lonely? The world's population is around 8 billion. Can you even conceptualize that? You'll never know all the people in your own city. Imagine that there are so many people and somehow you feel so lonely. I think at the root of it, it's a Western philosophy or ideology. The idea that there's a divide between you and the world. The idea that you as an individual can survive on your own because of your rational capacities. I don't believe in it. It's also the result of the capitalist system to individuate people so that they can rely on the system and not those around them. It's all bullshit. I'm not sure to talk about that, though, because it's not something I or anyone who's black can do anything about. 
What I want to get to is the problem at hand. Why are we so lonely? Why is it so hard for us to connect to people authentically? Ironically, it starts from within. See, the problem is that we don't all grow up in loving households. In biology, they call humans an altricial species, as opposed to precocial, which means that they are physically incapable of looking after themselves after birth and require extensive parental care to ensure their survival. It's just how humans develop. Precocial animals are those that can move on their own immediately after birth. Examples would be birds, deer, horses. So as humans, we are just not able to look after ourselves. We just can't unless we've been taught to. The point is that it is a natural human instinct to need a caregiver and a protector. We all get that, right? Cool. So how did we get to this? A society riddled with individuals and not an interconnected and interdependent whole. Why do we believe that it is easier to live by ourselves? It's hard to answer, but I'll basically say that it's because we've been forced to and also because we've been lied to. See, here's the thing. Most Africans everywhere know of the concept of Ubuntu. I am because you or we are. So we've always understood that humans need others in order to exist and survive. Our societies were built upon social contracts that dictate how its members should behave, always putting the community first. We still practice it today, I know that, but it's not in a way that's harmonious and conducive to our survival as people. All because of colonialism. Our households are the first place we seek love, care, and safety. Because as I've mentioned, as humans, we are physically incapable of looking after ourselves after birth. So we are birthed and we go home to our parents or families. Now, because of how truly terrible it has come to be for us, we don't usually get the best of circumstances to be raised in. We are born into abusive households most of the time, whether physically, emotionally, or verbally. Or we're born into dysfunctional households where our needs are unmet, physical or emotional. We're thrust into danger from the moment we are born. Already as babies, we learn that we will cry and be unheard. Many families teach their expectant mothers or new mothers that when the baby cries, leave them to cry and they will stop. That's the first place you learn that you're truly on your own. Because why is the baby crying? That's all they know to do. That's their only means of communication. Crying. Are they sad, hungry, irritated, lonely, bored? You don't know, but that's the only way they have to tell you. So if they learn that whenever they cry, they'll be left alone, that's the first seeping in of the no one will save me ideology. As we grow older, we learn more and more that the people we are supposed to look to for care, compassion, guidance, and support will not only ignore us, they'll make us feel shame for having those needs because it's been drilled into us as a people that we are not human and therefore should not have needs. We do not deserve to feel pain and seek help 
or to be happy. They've broken the very mechanisms we have to survive and told us that we should not have them. And so we learn quickly that we should shut those needs down. And then we do. So we first feel our loneliness at home. So most of us, if we have the means to get the opportunity to go to other social spaces like school or the community where we meet outside people. These are people who are not family, but are in close proximity to us. We are social beings after all. Our brains are wired to seek things from others and to connect to others through validation, love, knowledge, care, material objects. These are things we feel we can only receive from others or is better to receive from others. Now, this could be good if you as a person have developed a healthy well-being and are seeking and exchanging these from a place of compassion and love. But for most of us, it isn't that way. Growing up in a dysfunctional household makes you seek what you needed at home from others. You may seek an escape or just a sense of validation as a human. Regardless, you go looking from others. We start by trying to make friends at school. For some of us, it's hard because of the society we live in. We're taught which people are good or bad based on their appearances. Pretty equals good, ugly equals bad. So those who can make friends, those who can't either stay alone or are perhaps bullied by those who have social capital and friends. If you've been ostracized from young because of things beyond your control, it's very easy to learn by then that you might really be alone in this world. It seeps in slowly, but once it hits you, it stays with you for a long time. For those who are able to make friends, it's a difficult ball game. I don't have a good experience of making and having friends as a child or teenager because I've mentioned in previous episodes that I was quite passive. All I know about making friends as a kid is from observation and inquiry. So I'll try my best to be accurate, but I stand to be corrected. As a kid, it's easy if you're able to make friends. A lot of things don't make sense or really matter. You just want to have friends to hang out with at break. Maybe you share lunch, you play games, you talk about your favorite shows. It's just not deep. As you get to puberty and things start mattering more, it becomes a sort of popularity contest. Who can have the most friends? Who is the prettiest? Who is dating who? All that nonsense. So the problem is with the game. The fact that you have to be a certain way to be liked. That's where the loneliness starts to seep in for others. In high school, it's even worse because now people are starting to slowly grow into young adults. The stakes are higher for some reason. It's a small world and you don't know anything about life, but it slowly starts to become real. People start to drink, smoke, date and have sex. These things are part of being a teenager, I guess. Although not everyone participates, I think there's a general understanding that there are certain developments you make socially. And so when everything seems like a contest and a competition, 
especially about who can be the best teenager, it's even harder to feel like you can connect to someone and be yourself. You have all these doubts about whether people will like you or whether you're doing the right things as a teenager. So you start abandoning yourself and you play a character. How long that character lasts depends on how in tune with yourself you are. I found that 14, 15 years old, which is around grade nine, is the year when a lot of us start to experience self-esteem and mental health issues. I don't know why, but it kind of makes sense. And so as the youth, we learn that we can't really trust one another or anyone in general. We don't know who's being honest, who's worthy of seeing our true selves. Because as teenagers especially, we learn the game of hiding ourselves to be liked or wanted by people. At home, they see us as rebellious or defiant, or they see us as robots who are supposed to follow every order from parents. We abandon ourselves in almost all aspects to appease those around us. Why? Because we have the fundamental need to belong, and we learn that our key to surviving physically or socially is to do what others say. If we follow trends, everyone will like us and will garner social capital. If we follow the will of our guardians, they'll value us as people and keep us fed and sheltered. This has all been simplified and generalized, but it's basically the phenomenon. So we might not all be physically lonely. In fact, many of us have friendships and relationships, but we feel unseen and unheard. When we go out into the real world, coming out of our teenage years, and we start forming the basis for our adult lives, we encounter many things. One of them is that shit is not that deep. What we thought was important in high school is really small stuff, but that's only because we're faced with the really deep shit, which is adulthood. I will personally say that I'm not ready to be an adult. I don't want to be 19 anymore, but I can't become an adult. It's not as if we stopped doing high school shit. In fact, I feel like varsity and many other formal spaces are just iterations of high school politics. It's rather complex, though, because of how many people there are. I'm personally not aware of cliques because I like to be an observer, a fly on the wall. So I don't know if these things happen, especially since COVID as newcomers into the space. We don't know anyone, so we're all lost and confused. Anyways, as young adults, we're now faced with the arrival of adulthood, and that's where we're really feeling like we're on our own. Jobs, marriage, households, family, we're told to seek these things without knowing if we truly want them or if we're really capable of sustaining them. We don't have much hope in our circumstances. We're in South Africa, and especially as women, we're, fear we're fearing for our lives every day. The world is a battlefield and we're honestly only safe when we're alone. But generally, individually, we're all struggling so much. Adulthood is something we're afraid of because we really can't do it on our own. We just can't. So, the problem at hand and the questions I asked, which are the two main themes of this episode. Why are we so lonely? 
and who are we without ourselves this is how i think this plays out trauma that is consistent makes us feel abandoned and lonely we experience abandonment in the sense that those who should protect us don't and instead are the ones we are afraid of our families friends lovers the government the doctors the police and our teachers people who are meant to protect and guide us have become sort of our worst adversaries so we feel alone we feel as though there's no one looking out for us because genuinely sometimes there isn't many of us don't realize this problem and so we remain attached which i fully understand i have a lot of compassion towards people who cannot escape spaces of abuse and insecurity it's really difficult and takes a lot of work and pain some don't make it out alive it's our fundamental need to belong and connect to those that protect us loneliness is actually painful it's easier to have someone than be alone because it is painful whether or not you enjoy it or are introverted it still gets painful the solution to loneliness then is not necessarily to tell people to work on themselves and love themselves i think that's unfair so trauma coaches therapists psychologists the good quote unquote mental health professionals tell you to start by validating yourself and learning to give yourself compassion and empathy i do believe it's one way to start i think it's what's pushed out there because it's the easiest to do you start to develop confidence improve your self-worth mental well-being and generally become a better person to yourself which is absolutely great but the problem isn't solved because you don't stop being lonely so the second question who are you without yourself the question asks about what makes you when you aren't involved now that you've developed your foundation for who you are and have begun healing from your trauma how will you know that you've become a better person if the people around you don't reflect that yes you tell yourself that you love yourself every day you validate your emotions you journal all the good stuff but do you hear those things from other people you don't need to always but what happens when you can't do those things for yourself life is really hard who look out for you when you can't the point i'm trying to get to is that healing happens in the place where the trauma occurred if you hurt your leg would it make sense to treat your arm or your belly yes only if they are hurt too but where are you hurt initially your leg so you treat your leg by going to the doctor not on your own same applies psychologically if you've experienced psychological trauma from abuse or neglect or what not the only way you heal is if your psychological wounds are treated by you being in a healthy psychological environment you cannot fix something you didn't break nor can someone else who didn't break it fix it but you and another person can work together to fix the mess caused because at the end of the day you want to be better the doctor didn't hurt your leg but they're there to treat the wound wounds of abandonment can only be healed by experiences of honest loving safe and caring connections 
So now I'll ask, who is around you for you, especially when you can't be? Who are the people that make you when you are not involved? The people who you connect to and are so involved in your life that theirs and your life mean nothing without the one or the other. Who are those people? The hard part about this is that those people don't always have our best interest at heart. That happens and it's not okay. But I think that we don't give ourselves and our bodies enough credit. Most, if not all humans, are designed to know when they're in danger, when they're not safe. That's why you're triggered. So these people who don't have our best interest at heart usually trigger us and make us feel like we have to be a certain way to gain their care or approval. To get out of those spaces, you have to see your worth and you have to understand that you can be loved, you can be cared for, you can be valued. You start by doing all those things for yourself. Then you go out into the world and seek those who will do the same. So you do those good things to others as well and find those people who will do them for you. It's not easy. Trust me, I'm still learning and trying, but it gets better and better. It's better than being in toxic or abusive spaces, and it's so much better than being lonely. Obviously, it's really lonely at first and in between when there might not be any person for you. But all you'll need is yourself in the meantime, because you first have to connect to yourself. Find yourself without others, and then find yourself without yourself through others. Once you start, all you'll attract is an abundance of honesty, authenticity, love, safety, and care. You'll look to others and what will be mirrored back to you is love and humanity. So for the end of this episode, my answer to the question, who are you without you, is simply that I am whoever I surround myself with. The people around you are a reflection of you to the extent that you present yourself authentically. Because I don't know who lied to y'all, but it's not about opposites. It's about how you attract. I choose to be as authentic as I can, and I attract those who do the same for themselves. I am different in my personality, but my essence is unchanged. And I can see those parts of me within those who I connect to. So I am whoever I choose to keep around me. Choose yourself and you'll see more of yourself in others. You'll find that the world is just full of you. You are the world and you definitely are not alone. Thank you for listening to this episode. I really enjoyed making it and I hope you enjoyed listening. If there's anything that you'd like to share about this topic, if you'd like to have a platform to share your own stories or thoughts, or if you'd like to give me feedback on my project overall, don't hesitate to hit me up on my socials, which I've provided in a link tree in the description of the episode. On my TikTok or my Instagram, you can find the video I've done for this episode, along with other content I've made on this project. I hope what I've said has resonated and that there may be some things you may take away to make your life a bit better. 
I hope you enjoy the rest of your day wherever you are and you find someone to look after you just for a little bit. Stay cozy and lots of love from Lelo.